0: Pray with me. Father, we bow in your presence. May your word be our rule, your spirit our teacher, and your greater glory our supreme concern. All this we ask in Jesus, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, yesterday I did a thing. Well, if I'm honest, uh, there are many people in this church who did a thing. We participated in the Akron Marathon. We ran. Uh, some of the members of the church ran. Uh, we ran together and completed the relay. Uh, if you completed the relay, would you mind standing? If you completed the relay, uh, would you mind standing? Absolutely. You may be seated. Uh, so we can we completed we completed this relay and we ran and. Uh, Jim Woodard isn't here, but I want to recognize... Oh, yeah, you are. There you are in the back. Uh, Would you you mind standing? Jim Woodard uh, is a leader among leaders. And I know because I have a collar or because Joe has a collar, uh, we are expected to lead the church. Um, But a lot of the leadership that happens with this church happens in the pews. Men and women taking time to lead and to take on responsibility for the church Jim Woodard has done that time and time again, and I just want to recognize him for his leadership and putting this all together. Um, While we ran, we prayed for you all. While we ran, we prayed for you all. We not only prayed for the city, but we prayed for those who labored among us. And I just wanted you to know that we did such a thing. So I'm running, and I'm running this marathon. And when you're running a marathon, you got a lot of time to think. Uh, Most of it was, what did I get myself into? If you if you if you read if you look at the epistle the old testament reading and the epistle reading, both Paul uh, and Jonah are both contemplating their life. And I can promise you, as I was running, I was contemplating my life. And I too said like Paul, I don't know whether it's better for me to live or to die. <laughs> you know, you know, and everybody's cheering cheering us on and you know and, and I mean all of Akron's out to support this thing, and it's a great event, right? Uh, And I knew I was in bad shape. My legs were sore and tired. And I knew I was feeling pretty bad. But I didn't know that I looked that bad. Uh, Until I ran past uh, one of the drinking stations, right? And they give you uh, cups of Gatorade. And I ran past uh, one of the the guys and he said, you know what? This one looks like he needs the whole thing. And he gave me a whole bottle of Gatorade, right? And then I passed a cop on on the way and got ready to thank him. And he said, struggle on, man, struggle on. So I knew... I I not only felt like death, but I must have looked like death too, right? But that brings us to uh, uh, what's going on in our text. Uh, normally, I would preach from the gospel, uh, but uh, Joe has asked that we would preach uh, until Advent uh, from the epistle reading. So, if you have your Bibles, and I know you do, because of the vestry spent uh, good money making sure that we all have our Bibles, uh, turn with me to Philippians. If you have uh, the Pew Bible, uh, it's going to be uh, on page uh, 1,164. Page 1,164. <laughs> Verse 21. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. I'm going to read it again. For me to live is Christ, and to die is is gain. I mentioned that while I was running the marathon, I had a lot of time to reflect on my life. I had a lot of time to pray, uh, and I did uh, consin- con- uh, consider dropping dead right there while I was running. Uh, but, but Paul uh, has, a, has a similar perspective. He, he's asking similar questions, but he's asking it from a different vantage point. Paul is writing this letter uh, to the church at Philippi, and he knows uh, that soon he will be martyred. And unlike me, who wanted to die for selfish reasons, Paul has a completely different perspective. And when he's writing this letter, he's not focused on himself, but he's focused on the glory of God. He's focused on the glory of God. He says again, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And so the question comes to mind, well, what does it mean to live as Christ? Many of us Christians who name the name of Christ... No, we, we, we represent Christ, and we ought to do so in our daily lives, right? So, so we, we do good things. We love one another. We come to church. We give offerings. We support this ministry and that ministry and give to that effort. And we do our best to represent Christ. And that's all well and good, but I think Paul has something else in mind. And so I was thinking about it, and I was like, well... If anyone ought to live as Christ, it ought to be me. And so then I started to think, am I living like Christ? And at first I was like, absolutely, I'm a priest, right? If anybody ought to live like Christ, it ought to be me, right? When we come to communion and we come to the Eucharist, I stand behind the altar. Joe stands behind the altar and we stand in the person of Christ. We say the words of Christ. We give the gifts of God to the people of God. We represent Christ and we should in the priesthood. But I don't think that's what Paul had in mind. To live is Christ and to die is gain. When you live your life, when you're living your life, can people tell not that you represent Christ, but that you are Christ. That you are representing him in such a way that they don't see you, but they see Christ. When you live your life, is, do people often confuse you with Jesus? Do people often confuse you with Jesus? Because this is kind of what Paul's talking about here. Not, not just doing the good Christian things that, we, that, that ought to be done day in and day out. But he's talking about actually being confused with Jesus Christ. To live is Christ. He knew that it was better for him to live because he knew that he had a responsibility to the people that he pastored. He had a responsibility to the people in his community to represent Christ, to not only represent Christ, but to model before them godly behavior. He knew that his life was all about advancing the kingdom of God and allowing people that when they came in contact with Paul, they would meet Jesus. That's what his whole life was about. When people came in contact with Paul, he wanted to make sure that they met Jesus So he committed his whole life to that cause. And then he comes to the second portion of this phrase, and to die is gain. Now me, uh, uh, in my naivety, I thought, well, that just means when you die, you go to heaven, right? But when you do some study and you really kind of search this thing out and you read the the epistle in its fullness, it has nothing to do with uh, uh, dying and going to heaven and getting a crown. Paul's not talking about that. He was not talking about dying and 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 then going to heaven and putting on his white robe and and wearing his crown and, and finally saying, I made it. That was not on Paul's mind at all. Paul here is again speaking of his martyrdom. He's trying to write one last letter to these to these people that he pastors that he cares for. And he's trying to remind them not that heaven is 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 some some place beyond the sky that we go to and receive a reward. But even in our death, we have a responsibility to represent Christ. Paul knew that even in his martyrdom, he would have a chance to call people to Christ. That people would know that he died not for his own causes, but that he died and gave his life's breath for the cause of Christ. For him, dying meant that it would advance the kingdom of God, that people would look at his life and say, wow. I I, I need to do that. I want to look like that. I want to live with such a cause. Paul says it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. And I'm not my own, but I've been bought with a price. And I had to realize that even as a priest, my life doesn't belong to me. It's not about wearing these pretty vestments or, or doing the right thing. But it's about truly having my life hidden in Christ in such a way that when people see me, when people see you, they see Christ. And they confuse the two. And that even in our death, we would represent Christ and advance the kingdom of God. Even in our death, we would die in such a way that we would advance the kingdom of God. And I know many of you are good Anglicans, and so you say Compline all the time, right? Yes, 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 you do. Yep, yep, thank you. Just, just give me the head nod. Yes, yes. Okay, so in Compline, we, there's this portion of the prayer. My wife and I love it when we say it, and it talks about bringing us to a perfect end. Bringing us, that we would ask the Lord to bring us to a perfect end. What is the perfect end? I think Paul is talking about it right here. For him to live is Christ and to die is gain. Not gaining a reward, but advancing the kingdom of God. Participating in that. Participating in the movement forward. Some of you may know uh, my grandmother uh, is is not doing very well. And in fact, she's in hospice care at home. She's in hospice care at home and she's in her last days. And I've watched her steady decline. And I would go in and we would talk and then she stopped talking. And then we would, I would go in and, and rub her hands and then her hands got cold. And as she's losing the function of her body, I'm wondering if she is thinking of the same thing that Paul is thinking in her death when she can't speak. Can she still represent Christ? Can she die in such a way that people would look at her life and say, surely she advanced the kingdom of God? Then I was reminded that none of us, none of us are getting out of here alive and that we're all going to come and they are going to be on Willis Inn, and we are going to have to, to wrestle with that, how we lived our lives. And people are going to come and gather and they're going to put flowers all on the altar and they're going to celebrate your life. But Paul is getting, hey, to live is Christ. This is the only thing, this is our mission, to live is Christ and to die is gain. To advance the kingdom of God in everything that we do. I want you to look at me, uh, with me at verse 27. Verse 27, Paul says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come to see you or am absent, I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind and striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Paul says it very clearly. And all we do, we ought to glorify Jesus Christ. Paul says in another place that our lives are living epistles read by all men. And, and when I preached that before, I, I thought it was a good statement and, and cute and nice. But then I thought, what if someone pulled a chapter out of my life's book? What if somebody pulled a chapter out of it and they read that chapter? Would they learn, would they learn, would they learn more about me or about Christ? Could someone reading the chapter of my life come to know Christ? Or would they just come to know facts about Lawrence? Nice as they may be. Maybe I could put that I ran a marathon or participated in this in, in that chapter. But, but, but what's it all about? What's it all for? It's nothing if we're not advancing the kingdom of God. To live is Christ and to die is gain. I pray that we have that mind as well. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.